Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter. Very, very familiar. I'm sure you've heard it many times. Ecclesiastes 11 and 4. <clears throat> the Bible says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. I'll read it one more time. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. You may be seated. Thank you very much. This is a passage in a short verse, short words that a very, very wise man by the hand of God wrote down and God in his knowledge and wisdom has preserved throughout years and years uh, unto this very present time. <clears throat> but what has brought us to this passage of Scripture and another place that we thought of so much of and we, we may reference it a whole lot more uh, than we do here, but uh, without a doubt this would be the jest, uh, if you will, of, of what's been upon our heart. But I, I would feel <clears throat> a, a tremendous necessity to remind us what brings us to this place. What is it that gets our minds, our lives, our beings to he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. So what is it that brings the person to the place where that in their lives they stop and they begin to observe the wind? What is it that causes us to look up when we should be looking down? And if you are going to reap, you're going to be looking down. You're going to be, you, instead of looking up at the clouds, we ought to be looking at the task at hand. But as we think about what gets us to that place, I, I, I feel a tremendous need to remind us each and every one that we need to be aware and be wise and we need to understand the subtility of Satan. The subtility of of Satan. I know that we've looked over in the book of Genesis. I know we've looked over in the book of Peter and we've looked also over in the book of Jude in different places where that we have been encouraged to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I understand where that Peter told us in, uh, that we need to be aware of our adversary the devil who is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I understand these things, but let's go back, if we will, at the very first place where the, the, the devil, if you will, re entered into our minds or our existence or our learning of the devil and his devices. And this, of course, was in the garden where that Eve was there and, and, and along come the serpent, along come the devil, and he began to beguile Eve. He began to, if you will, take the word of God and twist the Word of God around, and play with it, if you will, in her mind and in her conscience. And uh, my friend, she was there all alone in the garden, a place of paradise, a place without 
uh, the world's temptations. There was no uh, television. There was no uh, place to go and shop. There was no thing other to do. But she was in the garden. And, and here comes the devil. And the devil then begins to play in her mind, play in her thoughts, and play, uh, my friend, with her as a person, uh, her as an eternal being, if you will. And uh, what he does is he takes the Word of God and he begins to twist it and turn it around. And my friend, for her to be self-justified in fulfilling the lust of her flesh, and my friend, looking at something in a way that God did not want her to see it in, and the devil took that and he began to paint a picture, and he convinced her, he persuaded her to go and do something that God without any shadow of a doubt, my friend, had told her no. And the devil in his subtility convinced her. You and I are no different. You and I are just as susceptible, if you will, to the devices that we need to be aware of our adversary. He will cause you and I to regard the wind. He will cause you and I to look up at the clouds and put it off and say, not today, maybe tomorrow. My friend, the subtility of Satan, your life is not able to match his devices. Your cunningness and your thoughts are not able to overcome, my friend, all the trickery of hell. He will seduce you. But there's one greater than him. And he changes not what he was from the beginning of the world till he is right now and he shall ever be. He has never changed. My friend, his words has been the same all along the way. And the devil, my friend, in his devices, he creeps into people's lives and he convinces them that everything's all right. Have we regarded the wind and not snow? Do we look up, my friend, and consider the clouds when it's time to harvest? But my friend, are we ready? Are we really, really ready in all submission and obedience unto God that we will be able to say, God, here am I. I send me. I'm ready. I want to go. I love what the brother read this morning. David was curious who in the world and why does this man still go on? Why isn't somebody went out there and stop this? But these great valiant men and all the sides, my friend, were hiding in the trenches and the enemies defiling, my friend, the living God. I've studied war throughout history. I've studied great tacticianists. I've had an interest in it in my life. I've researched men that were able to assess battlefields, formulate a plan, implement it, and be very successful against insurmountable odds. I've been impressed with their abilities. Listen to me very greatly. The battlefield of your life, God already knows all about it. What is it that we contend against? I'll tell you what we contend against. Good and evil. Every day you live, you contend against good and evil. Well, some might call it a job. Some might call it a career. Some might label it family. I promise you, when you wipe away all the characters' names, all of their positions, everything you're up against, it is good versus evil. Every day you live, 
And are we more victorious to the good? Or are we going along as prisoners to the evil? My friend, I'll tell you, when Eve began to believe what the devil was putting out of her mouth, she had no choice but to obey because she believed in over top of the word of God. And they are people today, my friend, they believe what this world puts out over top of the word of God. They do, and it happens on every side. It's happened to me, it's happened to you, it's happened to generations before us, and if time lasts, it'll happen to generations after us. But may we be sober, and may we be awakened out of our sleep, and may we see, my friend, that God has saved us and ordained us and sanctified us for such a day and hour we live. And He calls us to be more, if you will, victorious than defeated. The subtility of Satan and his devices, once these words are heard, once they are believed, what then begins to take place? Well, I'll tell you what happens. We begin to be obedient to lies. Amen? Amen. We begin to yield ourselves obedient unto deception. And our world today is full of deception. The devil is a master at it of deception and when the word of God is open and plain before us how we take it as a general appeal well I know God and I know his spirit and I know his word and listen to me very closely the devil would love to have you contend my friend staying at ease in Zion instead of shaking ourselves and awakening us children we don't have long time's about to be over and the devil has come after those we love Oh, God, help us to shake ourselves and shout for the battle and run toward it. I love the way David run toward his enemy. (laughs) It just stirs something up in me. When he's got a giant to face, he goes down to the brook, and that's a blessing, my friend. You need something for the war, go down to the water. Get down there, my friend, and reach down into the water. You'll pull out of it what you need. It'll suffice you in the heat of it. My friend, understand this, I pray. God has never allowed an enemy to defeat his bride. Lord, help us, friend. The subtility of Satan. The next thing you know... My friend, you're believing everything he puts out. Our news media today, there's televisions and radios, and my friend, it gets annotated into our conscience, and it'll happen to you before you realize it. When I was in the service, we were going through training, hand-to-hand combat and bayonet training. And for three weeks, if my mind serves me right, every day, three weeks every day, that bayonet was fixed on the end of that weapon. You were in front of a target and you were shouting at the top of your lungs, kill, kill, kill. My friend, they were causing you to create an instinctive matter of fighting. I don't worry that when you come up against an enemy, you would not have to formulate a plan. It was the very instinct that was bred into you as a fighting man to be able to overcome your enemy. My friend, they were several different moves and commands. How they would shout and upon every move how that you would move it. It wasn't a count of one, two, three. It was kill, kill, kill. Three weeks time. 
Every time you got an opportunity, you were shouting at the top of your lungs, kill, kill, kill. What happens? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. And I'm not ashamed of it, but God has quickened my mind by it many times. I had a young man I had trouble with. His name was Acosta from California. And Acosta was constantly trying to pick at me, constantly trying to disturb me. He done something one day that pushed me over the edge. That bayonet come out and it clicked on the end of that weapon and I meant to do him harm. But when that weapon, my friend, when that sound of that knife clicked on that, it came to me, son, what in the world are you doing? I had been brainwashed. I had an enemy in front of me, and I knew how to get rid of that enemy, and that's what I was going to do. But God, who's rich in mercy, helped my life. Helped me tremendously. My friend, they are people in the day and hour that we live. We have heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. And the next thing you know, it's got us believing everything they put out. Be careful. I beg you for your soul's sake. Be careful. Why, preacher? Well, I'm of a sound mind. I see, I hear, I understand. Let me tell you something. And know this beyond any shadow of a doubt. The man you look at right now on his feet, I'm going to die. David, they're going to dig a hole for me. Darrell, there'll be the mud off of some uh, on somebody's boots to come out of the bottom of my grave should God tear his time. You'll carry me out. You'll plant me. And in six months, you'll barely remember my name. It is the way of life in this world. I'm going to die. And my father knows when. My father knows how. And my friend, if I will live according to faith unto him, he'll get glory with my life's breath. So why should I fear those things that are going to come upon my flesh? Why should I? Why should I? Well, preacher, I, I, we're here today. We're, we're not. Listen to me. I don't want it to occupy your mind. I want you to understand that God in you has caused you to be able to present unto him sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving unto a living God. And my friend, that is, that was, and that shall be forever and ever that our lives could give unto him a sacrifice of praise, glory and honor for what we know he's done for us. God's made you able to do it. We live, move, and have our being in Him. God has caused your very vessel to live, move, and have its being today for His glory. Now, are we living in a world of trouble? Let me tell you for just a few minutes how evil this country is. Oh, this is God's country. I beg to differ. Well, let's just start at the top. We legislate murder of the unborn child and call it the right of a woman. And we're doing what's good. What are you talking about? We enable people. We enable people to get something for nothing. What are you talking about? It's an unheard evil that you would provide a way of living to someone that's doing nothing. 
It's a degradation to a moral society. But we call it good. And it's a help. A help to what? Destruction. Look around at the evil we're in. Men will preach to people today and they'll deceive their souls to gain men's persons. They'll appease their consciousness. They'll allow them to live in sin right on and on. There's men that's been married more than one time that still calls themselves a preacher. I've talked to them. Had one tell me he took my first wife, but he didn't take the call away. I guess you never read the book, brother. I don't understand it. In my mind, I, I told a lady, I'm not far back of this, my friend. And my mind just does not work the way this world's a turning. I don't understand them. They speak folly and call it the truth. Welcome to the subtility of Satan. They call good evil and evil good. They've got us convinced that every man's right in his own eyes. And if that's the way you believe it, then that's good for you. My God in heaven, there is a line of truth and righteousness. There is a line of death and destruction. And my friend, God is the one who's drawn the line. But we fear what man says more than what we fear what God says. We fear how man sees us versus how God sees us. We are concerned more with the physical than we are with the spiritual. We want everybody around us to think, believe, and, and be persuaded that I'm okay. Listen to me very closely. We're not okay. Listen to me very, very closely. We are not okay. The only way, the only way for a man to be found pleasing unto God is to be willing to die. To give up your life. He that seeketh his life shall lose it. But he that loseth his life for my name's sake shall find it. Oh, the joy of coming to the light of Christ. There's no words to describe it. You must experience it to know it. You must be able, my friend, by the amazing grace of God to embrace the eternal life that Christ gives. You can be taught it. You can hear about it. But until you receive it, you'll never, ever know it. He that regardeth the wind will not sow. I read this morning, God answered a man. God answered a servant of His. Out of a whirlwind. Job. God answered from God. And God answered him out of the whirlwind. There have been times in my life, and I must confess to you, I was in a valley one time, in a valley as dark as I could ever remember in all my journey. And I can promise you this, God spoke to me in the midst of that valley. We like to run the ridges. We like to shout at the rooftops. But understand something. You're going to find some real power with God. When everything around you is a trouble of the dust. Why, preacher? Because what you'll be able to see with your eye and hear with your ear and touch with your hand won't mean anything to you anymore. May God get us to that place. What are you talking about? 
They have been tragedies strike this world before. There have been tragedies. There have been catastrophes. There have been pandemics that have struck this world before. But never, but never has this world reacted to such a pandemic in such a way. Never. Never. Dig through your history books. Don't take it from my, 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 my account. My friend, dig it out for yourself. Never have they reacted this way before. You know why? Because the word, they're going to lose their physical fortunes. They're more concerned with the outward than they are with the inward. They're more, my friend, persuaded of the things that they can see with their eye and hear with their ear and touch with their hand than they are with the things that they harbor in their heart. The things in which that they possess in their souls were driven, my friend, by visual instead of spiritual. We're moved, my friend, by the things we hear and the ear instead of what we've heard in our heart. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Preacher, you're on a soapbox and you're pushing your agenda. God help your poor soul. I come to preach you the gospel. Whether you love me, whether you hate me, I didn't come for that. I came because I've been sent. I know to preach to no other than this man right here. This fellow that's on his feet. I'll preach to him a while. Understand this, my friend. I promise you, they are causes of concern in the day and hour that we live. But what merits the most action? What merits the most response? What deserves? What is worthy? My friend, of the most obedience. Let's go back to the subtlety of Satan and that moment in the garden where that a woman had been instructed of her husband. Where a woman had been instructed by her husband, you're not to touch this tree. Are you sure that happened, preacher? Have you never read the Bible? God had told Adam not to partake of the tree. And then Eve was made. So she had been instructed of her husband not to partake of the tree. And my friend Adam did not partake of the tree. He, my friend, partook of the temptation of his wife. He sold into what she had done. But she believed the words of the devil more than she believed the words of God. Welcome to America. People believe the words of the devils more than they believe the word of God. We do. I've seen it all, all, all in the journeys of my life and never so more evident in the days that I live. Friend, they've been world pandemics since history's been recorded. They've been times when uh, concerning the, the, the multitude of the population and the number of deaths, it's just been astronomical of what really and truly died. Some may not like what I'm about to say. But here again, I didn't come to win you person. I come to preach you the gospel and I want you to be exposed to the subtlety of Satan. COVID-19 is getting the responsibility for every death that's happening in America right now. It is. Nobody's dying of cancer no more. You don't hear of nobody dying of heart attacks or influenza. My friend, we got the lowest influenza rate recorded in the last 40 years in the state of North Carolina. Everybody's dying of COVID-19. 
And the reason why they're doing it is because the hospitals get more money when they, when they list them as a death by COVID-19 from the government. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. They're believing the devil more than they're believing God. But let me tell you something. Them that get gain, a fool and his money swiftly parted. We think the almighty American dollar is going to do everything for us. And God let us know just how much he could get rid of that almighty dollar just a few, few weeks ago, did he not? Why in this round world, why in this round world are people moved by the word of man more than they are the word of God? So now the word of God is written from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. It's written right here. These are the thoughts of God. Every last line, every last word, every preposition, every punctuation, every bit of the Word of God came from God. Well, preacher, you even said the words italicized were added by the interpreters, and yes, they were. But how sovereign is your God? My God knew they were going to put them in there when they were putting them down. There's no shout out in my heart, my friend, from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. You hold the Word of God. This is the thoughts of God by the Spirit of God. Men were moved by the Holy Ghost. Let me touch on just a little something right there. I need to. I want to get something settled. We believe in the Trinity, okay? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When you got baptized, you got baptized in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Ghost. You got baptized in that trinity. Because as much as God is God, and as much as son, the Son of God is the Son of God, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, is an express being in Himself also. He is as much a tangible entity, if you will, of the trinity as God the Father or God the Son. He's not just a feeling of emotions that floats around in the air. He is a person, if you will, of the Godhead. And he moved upon men to write the word of God. I love that. Yeah. How do you know, preacher? Because he's moved in my heart. Yes. He lives in my soul. I know him to be a person. Who I love that. Well, preacher, I just don't. Listen to me. Do you believe the word of man or do you believe the word of God? Because I can promise you this. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But you just said the Holy Ghost. But why would you strain it in that and swallow a camel? Why would you sit and think that God could be divided? That you could have His Son or know about His Son, know about God, not have His Spirit and still go to heaven? Why would you wrestle such a confused state? Oh, I tell you, just surrender your life and know the joy of the salvation that He has set up in the souls of His people. I need to hurry along. So let's look at this person a little bit more. This Holy Ghost of Heaven, He pinned down the Scriptures. He is much, my friend, and I think about it often. I thought about Paul with a candle, or maybe an oil lamp, and they were made a little different in those days, but in my mind's eye, I've seen him sitting with Timothy and Titus and Philemon, and them sitting there, and let's write how the Church of Corinth a letter. In my mind's eye, I've seen them stretch out the scroll. I've seen them pin it down with a few things. I reached over there and dipped that ink and I thought about that pen as it just hit the paper and began to write. Thank God for the days when the Holy Ghost of Heaven has picked up His pen of love and began to inscribe in my soul His Word. Oh Lord, I love that. 
that God thank you brother Wayne that God in the reality of my consciousness in the soberness of my thinking would remind me when that he has fulfilled that word in here. How do you say it? Because he said he would take and he would ride upon the tables of our heart and the frontings of our mind. Oh, for the days when I know that God has picked up his pen and wrote in my soul. Not, no, I wish I could tell you there was books. I wish I could tell you that there was paragraph after paragraph. I'd have to tell you that, that, that there's not a, not a tremendous novel written in my heart, but I'll tell you, I know wherever line of it come from. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I can tell you, my friend, of a time in my soul where I know God wrote that in me. I can take you to another place where, my friend, it was even more real than when David had it pinned down when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Friend, to know that God, by the hand of God, by the knowledge of God, by the wisdom of God, by the Spirit of God, has took his pen of love and strode it on my soul. And my friend, it is immeasurable what the world has. So, this being the Word of God, this being the thoughts of God, this being the inspired and kept and preserved Word of God, why don't we believe it over what the man says? We esteem it to be as such. There's not as much in this Bible as they are in my other Bible, but it's getting there with time. I don't know if I can, well, there's a place that's underlined. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There's other places I have underlined and written different things in my Bible. But you see, I was raised growing up that you should never write in your Bible. That's what I was raised to. That's what I was indoctrinated to. But I do. Why? Because I got out over top of it. I got out over top of what I had been indoctrinated to. But Mike, that's the Word of God. You should never... I'm not going to hurt the Word of God. It's not jokes I wrote down in there. Why would I be ashamed if I profess that God, that not me or nor my emotions, but I profess that God has written upon the tables of my heart and the front ends of my mind His Word, why would I be ashamed? Why would I say that doesn't belong in the Bible? Why would, I not, why would I not be brave enough to, 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 to make a little note of it? I run into a few other men of God I love dearly, know them to be my brothers, labored with them spiritually, seen the power of God flow through them and to them. I've seen God all over their lives. I've also seen their sword. And they too have scribed a few words along the way. Let me tell you something, they're precious to me and I don't want to forget them. I like to be reminded of them. I, I like to go back and look at them. I, I, I treasure them to be. So now as we are looking at these things and we, we, we recognize that this is the Word of God, 
Now, you and I have got that in our possessions. We've got it, as we said, written upon the tables of our heart, the frontlets of our mind. Eve only had it by the instruction of her husband. Now, minus she didn't have a television. She didn't have a cell phone. She didn't have the internet. And my friend, she didn't have Martha down the road to call or, or, or Susie up the road. And my friend, it was just her. And here come the devil. She hadn't heard Reverend so-and-so. She hadn't heard brother such-and-such. But here come the devil. And the devil took the word of God that she had heard. And he began to twist it. He began to form it around to get her to obey what he was putting out. Now let me tell you something. The devil will come by your life and he will take the word of God and he will twist it around in your consciousness though that my friend to the place that you're taking things into your body. You are reaching and biting and chewing and swallowing the things that God said not to do. Well, I would never do that, preacher. Oh, yes, you have. Oh, yes, you have. How do you know? Because I have. I can promise you, my friend, we all have fell victims to the subtlety of Satan. In the book of Jude, he writes that I, I found it needful. I found it necessary. I found it of great importance to write unto you that you should earnestly contend for the faith yes. that was once delivered unto the saints. Where did faith come from? The hearing of the gospel. Woo! How much do you contend for that that you've heard God say to your heart? Or how fast does it get put on the auction block when our flesh is compromised? Ooh, Lord, help us. Yes. My friend, may we look down inside our hearts, our minds, our souls. They've been war stories told of men who had confidence in the Word of God, men who had confidence in saints of God. There was one story, many of you may have heard it, but they were trying to, they were pinned down by some Japanese and they had a flag up on a hill and uh, the lieutenant kept sending somebody up there to take that flag down and raise up the American flag. And every man that went up there got shot. Then one of them boys looked at his watch and he sent word to the lieutenant, if you'll wait till 4.30, I'll go up there and I'll get that and I'll change it. This man was an ungodly man. He said, okay. 4.30 come, that man got up. He walked up there to the flag he pulled down the Japanese flag. He snapped the American flag. He raised it back up to the flag, to the pole. He tied it down, walked back over and laid down his hole. This man had some confidence in what some people had told him had been praying for him every day at 4.30. Now, I'm not trying to stir your emotions, but I'm telling you people who have responded with actions of their life in confidence of the Word of God. Friend, let me tell you something. I'm going out of this world. I am going to die. I shall not live forever. And may my dying breath bring glory to my Father. 
I'm not asking us to go out here and live like dogs. In fact, let's take just a small instance. Do a little research. Dig it up for yourself. Don't trust just what I say. I, I, I would like you to have confidence that I'd never lie to you, but, but, but I want you to understand something. There's fewer deaths in the United States this year at this time than there were last year. Fewer deaths. Oh, I don't know about that. There's been a lot of people dying. But there ain't been nobody on the highways. Been people hiding out in their homes, not being exposed. Then yes, they are fewer people dead this year than they were last year at this time. No doubt. Look it up for yourself. And what does that tell us? It might do us good maybe not to do so much loafing and run around. I'm good with that. I'm a homebody by nature anyhow. So that I don't mind, but let me tell you something. When they can turn loose the liquor store, and they can turn loose the grocery store, and they can turn loose Lowe's, and they can turn loose Home Depot, and they can turn loose everything else, but they don't want to turn loose the house of God. Well, now, preacher, there's a reason. People congregate there, and they're closer for a longer period of time. I understand that. But I also know this right here, and I hold you the word of God. Whether he said, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. That's what this says. That's what God said. Brother Matthew and I missed it, but preached a monumental service last Wednesday night up at Jones Valley. And in what his, his text of his message was, The Lord has spoken! Woo! I love it. And I tell you what, He's never meant us nothing but good. Preacher, I don't I understand that there's people that are more susceptible, more susceptible to this sickness than, than others that are not. I understand that. But I also understand this. Friend, if it is meant for you to die by COVID-19, there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it is meant for you to die in an automobile accident, there's nothing you can do to stop it. But while I live, may I bloom where he has planted me and may I give him glory. May I be found of Him earnestly, seeking, my friend, the leadership of His Spirit, that I might seek out the salvation of our kindred and our acquaintances. They are people, and I mentioned this a few services ago, they are people who believe that they are going to leave this world and go to a marriage of the Lamb. My God in heaven, Friend, if you're not married to Jesus in the journey of your life in these days, you will be separated from Him for an eternity in hell. The marriage takes place in this world. And the only way that you can be married to God is to be divorced from everything else of the flesh. You made those vows. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit. Boy, I tell you what. That is a tremendous statement. How long could a man spend with having been led? Having been led. That means, my friend, that you got to some place you didn't go on your own. You arrived at a location, my friend, that you did not purpose to go out on. You were led. This is going to preach forever. As we believe. Here's another statement. That'll preach forever. What do you believe? Now in our minds we can can come up with the immediate proper religious social response that would sound good. Really what do you believe? 
I believe this. What you're married to, you'll be faithful to. Hear this again. What you are married to, you will be faithful to. Many times in this journey, I have found men that were married to themselves. Women that were married to themselves. Men that were married to their jobs. People that were married to their hobbies. They're faithful to those things. What you're married to, you will be faithful to. You will not trespass it. You will die faithful to that. <clears throat> Everything else, you will be unfaithful to. I need to run along. By the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior and the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We've heard that shortly. We do now in the presence of God and angels and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. These are vows, if you will, that we have made in our marriage. Are we regarding the wind? Are we regarding our marriage? Now listen to me. I promise you there is a there is 90% more Let's get the numbers as, as closely to possible as we can get them. And I, I, my mind's not very good with math, but it's close. Let, let's say 85%, okay? 85% of your life is spent away from here if you allow the three services to be the 15%, I my friend, from 85 to 100. So 85% of your life is going to prove to you who you belong to. You see in this? So that this 15% is really and truly a, 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 a testimony of what, what's been happening in the last 85%. So in that 85%, I promise you, you ought to pray every day. I promise you, you ought to read every day. And seek and call upon God and ask Him and pray one for another. But my friend, they are, they are, they are legions of people that never consider God, never dig in His Word, never sincerely get down in prayer and agonize with God concerning their own selves, let alone somebody else, about where they're really at in their life with God. But now a word come to this outward man about something to our outward man and the whole vessel yields completely to it. Friend, let me tell you something. God, God, is not satisfied with this hedonistic country we're living in. He's not. Gambling and the alcoholism, the unfaithfulness, the treachery, the lies, the deceits that's going on inside of our government establishments, it is an absolute mockery to the truth. And there are regions and legions of people that are drinking it down head over heels. Beware of the devil. Ultimately, it is Satan trying to keep you from God. Do you hear me? Ultimately, it is the devil trying to keep you from God. The subtility of Satan. He is the one will cause you to measure the wind. He's the one that will require you to try to determine which way the wind's blowing. 
Because then if we know which way the wind's blowing, if I sow this way, then it's going to be all right. It ain't got anything to do with you. It's God. Cast your bread upon the waters in a few days, you'll take it up. That's what God has said. But we think we got to apply our logic to it. Logic ain't got a thing to do with faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And my friend, if you'll hear the word of God speaking to your heart, it may not make any sense to your flesh, but if you'll follow faith, God will bless your life. You mean I'll be blessed, my bills will be paid. No, you're still in the flesh. I'll tell you what you will have. You will have the ability living inside you that whatsoever state you're in, therewith you'll be content. That when your enemies persecute you and talk about you and and try to figure you out and my friend and destroy you, you'll find yourself able to pray for them for your information and for your future reference. Know this. The man that's on his feet is not without sin. David's not without sin. Lloyd's not without sin. Debbie's not without sin. Chris is not without I can go all over the house. Every last one of us is not without sin. We have all come short of the glory of God. But you know what we like to do? We like to see some stumble. Oh, did you see that? What's he trying to do? And the next thing you know, our hearts aren't worth right with God. We've not brought a sacrifice of praise or thanksgiving. We're waiting for one more stumble. We can poke another finger. Well, welcome to your God. He's in the mirror that you looked at this morning. You're faithful to Him. And the Word of God has ceased to move you in the existence of your days. You're about to wake up to a sad reality. Dear friend, understand and know this. The devil's subtle. He's boloed me. He's boloed you. If it weren't for the grace of God to illuminate our hearts for us to see what we really are, we'd all be in hell. But God's been merciful and kind and long-suffering and gentle and peaceable. And sometimes in our lives, I wonder, I wonder where the real fruit of the Spirit of the living God is. Because we know what we want, how it ought to be, and what's going to happen. Oh, friend, where was it that God dealt with us in such a manner? Aren't you glad He is long-suffering with us? Aren't you glad that He understood that we were but of dust? And He understood that Eve was beguiled by Satan? He pronounced a curse upon Eve. He pronounced a curse upon the devil. Remember the curse that he put upon the devil? What did he say? He said, thou shalt crawl, on, thou shalt go on thy belly. Let's just read it. That we don't get it wrong. It's not too hard to find. Genesis third chapter, I believe. Lord, help us. Yeah. Genesis 3 and 14, The Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and, listen to this, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. The devil 
Listen to me, what the Bible says. The devil has got an appetite for your dust. You and I have been made of the dust. He has an appetite. He's going on his belly. He's hungry for the dust that you and I are made out of. He wants to destroy your life. My friend, I'll tell you, if you'll hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. If you'll be hungry for the Word of God, if we'll be desirous, my friend, for the impressions of His Spirit, my friend, to come upon us when it comes time for us to sow, we won't regard the wind. If we're in a whirlwind, we'll cast forth the seed. A sower went forth to sow. Now, it doesn't say that the wind was blowing or the clouds were there. It just said he went forth to sow. Some seed fell on stony ground. Some seed fell among the thorns. But some seed fell on good ground. God has called you and I to be sowers. Now what are we sowing? We sowing seeds of righteousness. Now the word of God is the seed of life eternal. So my friend, we are to sow the word of God. Not my words, not my opinions, not my dictations, but what God says. And I promise you this, I believe this with every fiber of my being. A people that will hear and obey the word of God will prosper. Spiritually. But our world is so entangled with the riches that they've got for the substance that they've attained. Will this be enough? Will that be enough? I... I, 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 I've got this much put back. I've got this much coming in. And I've got about this much longer to live. Will it last? For your information. Listen, I'm not being ugly. It's not enough. It's not enough. How do you know, preacher? Because I know your flesh. Because your flesh is like my flesh. And if you don't sequester it, if you don't, my friend, if you turned it loose, you'd be broke in six months. I promise you. It has an appetite for sin that will go after it and will not look back. Outside of that, my friend, you don't know what tomorrow holds. Did you know this? Every bit of the money that this country's got, it's giving it away so fast to them that won't work. My friend, it, it, it's amazing to me. This, this, this I'm just going to... Just listen. Is it not amazing that Social Security is going to run out but welfare never has the opportunity? Ain't that something? Social Security is going to just evaporate and it's going to be no more. Oh my goodness, what will you do? Welcome to the Society of Brainwashing. They never talk about that about welfare, do they? And lo and behold, next thing you know, they're giving out checks left and right. What are you saying, preacher? It's brainwashing on every side to get you dependent upon everything that they do for you to exist. The Bible says this. David said, I was young and now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Do you really know who pays your bills? Do you really know who lights your house? Do you really know who put the clothes on your back? Are you fully aware, my friend, that God 
has got storehouses to supply His people's need far beyond the imagination of our minds. But unless we can see it with our eye and touch it with our hands, we don't believe it. Why? Because people are faithless. That's why Jude said, I should write, I find it necessary, needful, it's expedient, it's important that you should earnestly contend for the faith. I, I must confess this to you. Listen to me, I promise you this is an honest heart speaking to, I believe, an honest group of people. I have to cause, I have to, I have to stir myself from the inside, pressing to believe God. Why, preacher? It looks like you believe God at night. I'm just like you are. The devil fires his darts in my thoughts. He paints the pictures of gloom and doom and doubt and despairs in my conscience a lot. And if it weren't that God was moving by me, saying, believe me, trust me, obey me, believe me, I promise you I'd fall victim to doubt. But because of what he's put in my heart, because of the peace, my friend, that is like a river, joy unspeakable and that full of glory, he causes me to hope. He causes me to try. He causes me to trust. Because he's God. My friend, if our sufficiency is of ourselves, I'll tell you, you're going to be having a very, very sad hour when your heart is ceasing to beat and your lungs are ceasing to swell and your mind is ceasing to operate like it should. I fear that some men in their consciousness have seen themselves slipping into eternity. Their bodies giving out, their minds subsessing, if you will, to the powers of death that's come upon them, and panic is on their face. Why? Because they have no faith. Oh, they know about it. They've heard about it all their life. But my friend, it never ruled. It never dictated their actions and their reactions. My friend, it was always what they seen with their eye and heard with their ear. Not what strummed the chords of their heart. Not what pulled them, my friend, from the pew. Not what caused their lungs to swell and didn't know exactly what they were going to say but just wanted to praise God. What are you talking about? A living sacrifice. Why, preacher? Because they've regarded the wind. They've observed the clouds. And they weren't aware that it was the subtility of Satan all the way that was getting them to regard the wind. Getting them to regard the clouds. And nothing got accomplished. Dear friend, we must be moved by faith in the word of God. Yes. How do you know, preacher? Because the Bible says this plainly, this is the eternal words of God. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. My friend, without this faith that God Almighty sent His Son to this world to establish in a finished work of Calvary, this, this faithful gospel that He's preached throughout the years and throughout the ages and caused men, my friend, to absolutely exhaust their lives and exhaust their beings, and my friend, be despised and rejected of man, and they have a burning zeal and desire to preach the Word of God. And my friend, God's kept it preserved. That ought to bless you. 
that God has loved us enough to keep His Word pure and perfect that He could still reach for the souls of those we love. Don't regard the wind. I don't care if it's blowing to you in right in the face. We read of a chapter in the book of Acts, I want to say the 25th chapter, that was a wind that come against them who set sail, had left from Crete, or maybe was going to Crete. Where they was at, they had testified that it was not commodious to winter in. It wasn't very comfortable and accommodating to their natural being to suffice them throughout the winter. So they wanted to make it down the road a little bit further. And a little wind blew and they supposed they had their purpose and they set sail. It wasn't long that they got in that journey and the Bible says that there was a wind that's called Eurachodon that came up against them. You look that word up and that is a wind out of every direction. They were in a hurricane. A hurricane. I read, my friend, where that a man of God went up in a whirlwind in a chariot of fire. I read where that God spoke to his servant who had faced such trial, such mockery, his wife, his friends. My friend, they had just absolutely annihilated him as a person. And my friend, God answered Joe by the whirlwind. So in the troubles of your life and in the whirlwind that's going on around you, be still. Listen. I read where that a man was hiding out in the cave and there's an earthquake, there's a great fire and wind and rocks and God wouldn't have known those things but a still small voice came and he knew that. Wait upon that still small voice and hear, hear, I beg you, hear what's been said to the ages to his people. Listen to this. Yes. Thou art mine. God said, not man, not religion. God said, thou art mine. And who shall pluck me out of my father's hand? So have we regarded the wind? I hope your prayer life in the last two months has grown like an oak tree. I pray that your daily Bible reading and seeking the will of God has grown deeper in the roots of your life to where that it is such an importance that my friend, that it'll never change the rest of your journey. But to some, they got to get back in the rut to going to church. That's the truth. Preacher, you're just too hard. Oh, no, 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 no. I love And I want them that's been in the rut in the past, I want them to get on this highway of holiness. Job was delivered when he prayed for his friends. Have we been praying for our friends? Have we been praying for them that's supposed to be our friends? See, they were supposed to be his friends, but now... If you read what they were saying to him, it didn't sound very friendly. But he prayed for them. And God delivered him. Children, pray for your friends. I tell you what, there ought to be days in your life that you can remember. And this goes for everybody that's in the house. And if this hasn't happened to you, maybe this will be a good reflection for you. 
that there was some time. You may not be able to bend your knees, but there ought to have been some time where that you have sit, you've got solitude, you've got a place of uh, a stillness, and you went pew by pew. And you mentioned every one of their names. If this has not ever happened to you, my friend, I must confess to you, I have to believe you're missing something vitally important. What do you mean, preacher? Because you see, Mike Freeman, Mike Freeman wouldn't do those things on his own. And neither would you. But he that's in you, that's greater than he that's in the world, he will cause you to be reminded. Pray for Jason today. God, while he's in that truck driving up and down the road, pass by him. Fill him up, Lord! Hold back your scripture and let him see it. Lord, why Shirley's at home and she's all by herself today. And tonight, it seemed like it's so still and so dark in her house. Comfort her, God, as only you can comfort her. Preacher, you're stirring emotions. No, I'm just reminding myself of some prayers. God, let me pray. Preacher, that's just ugly. No, it's not. I love you. I want you to know, my friend, that God has made a way for His church to not just survive, but thrive in this world. Let me tell you something, my friend. When the saints of God get to cry and pulling upon the heartstrings of God, this world better watch out. What are you talking about? Because they get in heaven and wrapped around one arm and somebody wrapped around their arm and they're pulling it to right here. Oh, God! Would you pass by the rise and help them? There'll be a difference. Why? Because God is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He causes us to triumph. It looked like an impossibility. A little Rudy boy going out there after a giant. Now let me ask you this. Did he regard the wind of the mouth of that wicked dragon? I don't think he did. Did he regard the wind that was coming out of his brother's mouth? Did he regard the wind, my friend, that was uh, happening all around him? No, I'll tell you what he regarded. A still, small voice. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that curses the armies of living God? It's amazing. You read about those sling stones. It's a good study, ain't it, brother? I've looked at that a lot. David speaks about having men that could hit within a hair's breadth with both arms. You talk about a warrior. You talk about a person that's fit and ready for the defense of their kingdom. My friend, God is able to make you a valiant soldier, a Joab and Abishai, and Azrael. Oh, read about Azrael. What a runner. The Bible says he could run as a row. He could run like a deer. Preacher, do you believe that? To the uttermost. Completely. I've seen him in my mind's eye coming across him rocks and jumping from here to the door and never breaking stride and running while he was on business for the king. Run with patience the race that's set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. 
I don't know about you, but that puts some spring in my step. This world and all of its gloom and doom and doubt and despair did not commission my soul to this great fight of faith. But there's one. There's one. And sits on the right hand that is more than aware of every one of our needs. And he is abundantly able to supply them. This morning, trying to send out the one call, I probably recorded five or six messages and just erased them. Listen to it and erase it. Listen to it and erase it. Because I couldn't ever get it to sound right. And you know, I, I stopped for just a minute. And it came to me. You're telling me you can have church. What's... What's the problem? You're telling we can come have church. We can come worship. It ought to be like the going of the mulberry trees when David was waiting on God. Why, victory's on its way. It ought to be, my friend, when they heard that the tomb was uncovered. And here come Peter and John running. Peter's kind of slow, John outrun him. Trying to get to where Jesus was supposed to have been. May we find ourselves so guilty of running toward God that everybody that sees and knows us that we are in love with Him. We're married to Him. We are in spouse to the Lamb of God. It is our joy as, as the great preacher of preachers, and I know some may say this or that, but Jesus said, there's none greater than John the Baptist. And he said, I rejoice to hear the bridegroom's voice. Oh, dear friends, please, let us find ourselves so married, so committed unto God that we won't regard the wind, we'll just sow. God, you gave the seed to begin with. You gave the desire to start with. And God, if it's time to reap, then I'll reap. I don't care how dark the clouds are. I, many times they'd see what the forecast is. If you mow hay, it'll get wet, my friend. If God would bid you to harvest, harvest. And my friend, go after that that's been planted. And go after that that's ready and ripened. If it's time of harvest, run after it. That we might see God gathered in his barn. Believe him for it. It is him that gives the increase anyway. But if you regard the wind, you'll not sow. If you look up at the clouds and it's dark, it might rain, I better not reap. Oh, please don't regard it. But be led of the Spirit of God to the pleasing of God. That God ultimately would be glorified in the days that we live. I wonder if somebody has something upon their heart. That's my heart for you this morning.